house music genre, it was a great opportunity for me also. So whenever I get a great opportunity, I try to pass it along, you know? I can see that in the story of your life that I've heard through other people. So I, I know that that, that is true. Uh, you have you have come a long way since Patterson, New Jersey, and since yes. and since North Carolina. Do you ever just like sit back and think like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> what? I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time because you know I've always wanted to sing, and when I got the opportunity to do so, I just flourished, and I did exactly one of the goals that I aspired to achieve which was becoming a professional singer. And then the other goal that I have acquired, uh, gained also is a teacher. So those are my two ultimate goals I've always aspired to become. I can only imagine what it's like to have you in the classroom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I love them. Oh, those are your babies, for real, for real. You know, I'm, I'm really interested in, in your voice. If you can remember, how it felt for your voice to come out of your body. Wow, I can truly remember I was around 11. Well, really starting to sing, I was around five or six years old. Cause I come from a very religious background and my mom and dad used to sing all the time, especially on Saturday nights when we were preparing for a Sunday dinner. And my, my dad and my mom sung all the time. We weren't really allowed to have a lot of uh, secular music in the home. In the home. So they sung gospel and a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it, you know, from Albertina Walker, uh, James Cleveland, you know, um, the five blind boys. I mean, they sang all the time because every fourth Saturday night we had to go to church. I remember singing one song and my mom, she just looked at me and she said, sing it again. So I sang it. She said, sing it again. So I sang it again. She said, you didn't tell me you could sing. And I didn't know what to say. I just said, let's keep singing, my let's keep singing. And that's where my love of music come from. That's really interesting, those, those deep roots in gospel. Do you think that that primed you for house music? Because when you look at Soulful House, a lot of it is based on gospel music and, and lyrics and vocals. Um, Yes, I do, because I, I grew up in the church singing on the choir. Let me just tell you this little story. My first solo in the choir, this girl was supposed to sing a song. And she didn't show up that Sunday. Yeah. So my choir director, who recently passed away, uh, Reverend Lewis Nards, whom, oh my God, that, that hurt my heart. But I told him I could do it. You know, I said, I, I could sing it. And so he said, you never practice it. I said, oh, yes, I did. At home, I practiced that song. I got up there, killed it, killed it. And my parents, after church, they were saying, so you've been singing all this time and you never sang a solo. And today you got up the courage to sing a solo. I always had the courage. I didn't have nobody to ask me to sing a solo. So I got up there and the song was, I know the Lord will take care of me. To this day, I still sing that song every so often. What, what sort of comfort does it give you? It gives me a lot of comfort because I've gone through so much in these past couple of years you know um like in 2001 i had a 19 year old that passed away from a car accident in 1994 my dad passed away and then in 2021 i was diagnosed with uh breast cancer so everything just hit 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 but i've never been down about it you know of course my son's passing was very devastating of course 
and God got me through that. And he's getting me through this breast cancer. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good I'm in a good place. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I believe in gratitude every day. I have a, a gratitude partner. Every day we give gratitude. And I'm gonna tell you, even on the even on the hardest days, there's something that you can be thankful for. I definitely want to hear about your teaching and I want to hear about your students as much as you can share. My students, my students, those kids. They gave me so much encouragement and their parents. I can't be grateful enough. How have they helped you on your healing journey? Just by them being there and calling me and all summer they've been calling me and calling me and I live for those kids. I truly do live for my kids because there's so many kids out there that they need somebody to hug, need somebody to say, I love you, need somebody to say, it's gonna be okay. Every morning I go by my classes, I have three classes. And every morning I go by those classes and tell them, I love you. We're going to have a great day. What have they taught you? Boy, they taught me to live. When I was diagnosed with the breast cancer, I didn't let it get me down. I still taught. I, st I didn't go into class because we were in COVID. But I took my laptop with me to my treatment. And I still taught my class. Because if I hadn't have done that, I would have been in a very pitiful state. I'm talking about deep depression. Kept, they always had me crying in a joyful way, you know, so I appreciate them and I love them for it. I would love to just hear more about, is it faith? Is it confidence? What so many people I think about who are hurting, this project really was born out of me searching for myself. What has fueled me is faith, you know, because one night I was laying in bed and this is when I had first got diagnosed. I went in my son's room and he was away at college. I went in my son's room and I was pitch dark because I didn't want to wake my husband up. And a still voice, which was the voice of God. I don't care what nobody said. Mm -hmm. It said, fear not for I am with you always. And ever since that day, that night, that early morning, I have not, I have not been afraid. I have not been afraid at all. And I had double mastectomy. So I, I've not been afraid at all. So I know that there's a higher power. I don't care whom you serve, whether it's God, Buddha, whoever, that's right. your choice. But I know for me, it was faith. And after faith, it was confidence. Because I've always, I've always been a confident person. You know, I always tell people I exude confidence, not cocky confidence, but confidence in knowing I can and I will. There's something about when you speak that mm -hmm. it just anchors my whole spirit. Okay, I can do this. Oh, okay, well, oh, yeah. she said I can do it, you know, so she's doing it, I can do it. And you, I just feel like you've always had that. You hold this space of like power and tenderness and kindness. Oh, yes, most definitely. Because my dad, I'm tall, I'm six feet tall. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm a big girl, tall. And one afternoon I came home from school, I think I was about in the seventh or eighth grade, and I came home from school. Of course, a melanin chocolate, okay? <laughs> and my dad, I was kids were picking on me because I was tall, you know, and lanky at the time and dark skinned. So kids would always pick on the dark skinned kids, you know. So I came home and told my dad, he asked me what was the matter? And I told him and he said, Let me tell you something. You are the most beautiful girl in the world in my eyes. He said, and one day that beautiful dark skin is gonna take you many places. And I'd be doggone if he wasn't right. All of this. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was completely right. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell, mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about your relationship with your parents? Yes. Um, I'm the youngest of six. Like I said, my dad was my Superman. He was truly my Superman, Jamara. And when he got sick, you know, that took a lot out of me. But I knew that my dad was strong. Come from very strong roots. My mom, very strong. September the 9th, she'll be 88 years old and she's still kicking. But her mind is so sharp, you know? Mm-hmm. And they did not really uh, want me to go into secular music. They always wanted me to go into gospel music. But I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity. And once I get an opportunity and I see that it's positive, positive for me, I try to take it. But my parents were not happy about that at all. Uh, they told me I had to leave the home. I did. And I had a son at the time, my, my son that passed away. And uh, we found a nice apartment yeah. in Patterson, New Jersey. It was called the Artist Apartments downtown. And you had to be some type of artist to stay there. So thankfully, you know, I was blessed to get an apartment there and everything. Because I think what my parents thought was that I was going to get into that whole uh, cliche of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Never did. Never did. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. That are sex. I'm in the sex and the rock and roll. <laughs> well, you had a son, so. But, yes. <laughs> but they really thought that I was really going to fall into those categories. Now, I've been to parties now, and I've seen some things, and I knew that that wasn't for me. So that's where I get my confidence from, too. I'm, I'm strong for my parents. Mm-hmm. Never wanted to embarrass dad's last name because he was a, a high figure in the city as far as the churches are concerned, you know, and everybody knew my dad. So I did not, I would not, and I could not embarrass them at all. Can you say their names just to hold some space for them? Hmm. Oh, yes. My mom's name is uh, Mary Daniels. And my mm-hmm. dad's name was Deacon Alfred Daniels from Patterson, New Jersey. We went to the Canaan Baptist um, Church in Patterson, where the Reverend Gatson Graham was the pastor. Now his son is the pastor, the Reverend Barry Graham. Well, it's, it seems to me like they did a really good job. They taught me how to be a parent. What specifically comes to mind when you think of that? Uh, uh, being strong. Okay, I have two other sons who are grown men. One is in college at Elizabeth City State University, and the other one is in the United States Navy. And mm-hmm. I had to take care of them as a single parent for a long time, you know, prior to me getting uh, married to my husband. And the strength that I was taught, I taught it to them. You know, thank God I have never had a day of problems with my 25-year-old or my 22-year-old, not one day. I didn't even have a day of problems with my son that passed away. His name was Paris Daniels. You know, we affectionately called it called him Petey. And I, you know, I always wanted to be the type of mother that my sons could look up to. You know, not judging any other parent, but I did not want my sons to see me out in the street doing drugs, uh, guys walking in and out, they've never seen that because I've never done it, you know? And I wanted to be a strong African-American mother. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be in, in, in the typical uh, uh, black single mother category, you know? Right. So they, they, they appreciated me, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, you're firing on all cylinders, Adiva. I mean, you 
yes, you 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 set out for that and you and you did it. it I mean, it's it's done. It has it has been. You know, it is. This is serious, househeads. Hey, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Black House, Black Joy podcast. Oh, trust and believe we have the best production team on the planet. Special thanks to our producer, Shana Wakefield, our editor, Kaylee Hepworth, our associate producer, Shantaea King and Natalia Dumont, photography by Kano Elneen, music by DJ Ron V and Rosamir Mantry. Black House Black Joy podcast is a production of WBGO Studios. If you are enjoying this content, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And until then, we'll see you next time in the house that New Jersey built. Talk about house music.